Thank you for tuning in to Verbal Assault live stream, whether you're tuned in to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, or one of the 11 other platforms. We want to say thank you for joining us during this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, guys, we are a show that is a political podcast. We talk about real issues in real time with real people. And I'd like to go ahead and introduce some of those people to you. I'm your host, as you, most of you know, Marquis Devereaux. First of all, I'd like to go ahead and introduce, leaning from the left, Mr. Brian Parker. Brian Parker is a parent. He's a person that went to the University of um, North Carolina in Chapel Hill. He is a person that likes his gravy. He also likes his politics. Hello, Brian Parker. How are you feeling today? I'm good. Don't forget the grits. Don't forget the grits, and the grits have to have gravy. That's right. I have a new guest joining us. He does not like you to refer to him as doctor because he's still in his studies. He's Mr. John Daniel. He is a person who um, originates from South Asia. He's pursuing his, his PhD here in the States. And um, he is happily going forth with um, his observations in the medical field, learning a lot every single day. Mr. Daniel, how are you feeling today? I'm good, thank you, Marky. Okay, you you came in a little bit slow there, um, but I got I got your message, and that's a good thing. Coming to us from Nassau County, Long Island, he lives somewhat near the Sound. Uh, what I'm told is that there's a noise every day that comes in from the firehouse. So from what I take, being that he's a right-leaning person, he supports the troops, he supports law enforcement, he supports the fire department, he supports the upkeep of Long Island Sound. Hello, Mr. Bobby. How are you doing? Doing fine. Happy Easter, everyone. All right. Okay. I'm happy to have you. Like I said, guys, when you unmute, just make sure you've unmuted. Wait about a second or two before you speak, and then we'll know that you're completely on the program. Um, and I'd also like to go ahead and say hello to Mr. Samuel Quichera, international entrepreneur. He has been in Asia. He has been in Australia. He has been in North America. He's originally from the Bronx. He's a person of mixed heritage, but when it comes to his politics, there is no mixing. He is pro-Trump, and don't make any mistakes about it. Hello, Mr. Samuel Kutura. How are you feeling? I'm doing great. Thank you. How's everybody today? Uh, I think we are doing well besides this um, unintentional isolation. Today's subject is New York is, is finally flattening the curve, or at least that's the news that the media is putting out. Um, I do know that um, Chris Cuomo, the governor of New York, who's also the brother to um, uh, Cuomo, who is on CNN every single day, and our right-leaning people aren't going to be happy about hearing that, if New York is actually flattening the curve, should we be giving Cuomo some credit? Sam, you get to take this one first. <laughs> How did I guess that? Um... <laughs> 
feel put on the spot right now. I'm not sure. And um, it's okay. <clears throat> I actually, my my personal belief is, I'm of the opinion that we are not flattening the curve yet. I think that's just, um, I think that's just the talking point for right now. I don't, me personally, I I follow the uh, the numbers every day. I use a a website called worldometer.com or dot something, dot well, info. Repeat and, that um, website, please. Tom. World Ometers. Okay, world of meters. All right. Yeah, and um, that info. Okay, <clears throat> but anyway, um, I haven't seen any decline in the numbers. I periodically I'll see like a pause, but the numbers continue to rise, and they they still are rising quite exponentially in in my opinion. Uh, two days ago, the total for the U.S. was five hundred thousand, and today it's five hundred fifty thousand. So 50,000 in two days or three days, I mean, I don't see a slowdown. Okay. But when we refer to that slowdown, that was in reference to New York State. So in your research, are you noticing that there's a spacing of the increase? My opinion is, a, is still applying even to New York State. Understood. Okay. I thank you for that. I'm going to go ahead and move the conversation over to Mr. Bobby, residing over there in Nassau County, Long Island. He describes himself as a conservative. Right now, um, we're told that there's a flattening in the curve. Bobby, you're in New York State. Do you agree or disagree? What is your observation? From the data I've heard, and this is state data, and I can also site with not specifics, a little bit of county data. New York State is down, from what I understand, about 80% in people being hospitalized, which is certainly a good sign. And my also, my understanding is that the, um, the infection rates of new cases is also declining. So I do believe that there is, uh, I'm not going to say the the line has been totally flattened, but it's trending in the right direction. Okay. Nassau County and Suffolk County, however, uh, are a little bit different, just like in New Jersey. There's increases. Wow. Okay, so when you're saying overall uh, the state has an 80% decline, and that's a massive number, but you're still seeing um, an increase where you are in Nassau County and further out in Suffolk County. We do know that in New York City, uh, there is a massive pileup in Brooklyn and Queens, which abut Nassau County. So would you would you say there's possibly an affiliation there? I don't think the virus knows uh, county borders nor state borders. I mean, clearly, if there's a lot of activity in Queens, Nassau butts up against Queens. Nassau doesn't uh, touch Brooklyn at all. Um, hmm. Okay, that is correct. You are correct. Nassau does not touch Brooklyn. All right. Um, would you be willing to give uh, Governor Cuomo any credit at all in this crisis? I'm going to give everyone credit. I think the, uh, you know, the, fr from the bottom to the top, I know there's been a lot of misinformation put out there, and I think that has caused some problems. But I think everyone, uh, the, certainly the people that deserve the credit are the people on the uh, fighting this on the front lines, the, the hospital, uh, the, the EMTs, uh, 
you know, the, uh, the, the nurses and, and all the administrators that are trying to, you know, get this scourge under control. Okay, my direct question was, would you be willing to give Cuomo, a Democratic governor, any, any credit? And I noticed that the conversation got moved to general. Is there a reason for that? No, not at all. I, 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 the governor deserves credit. Okay. I believe the mayor deserves credit. You know, this is a we're in uncharted waters here, and it's um, it's it's wreaking havoc with uh, obviously people's lives and 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 the economy. Okay, understood. So, in other words, you're saying as a conservative, there's no reason really to draw political lines here. That this is a one of us or all of us situation. Okay, I can respect that. Um, Mr. Daniel. Um, you know, if if, if if what if what Mr. Bobby says is correct, and we are finally flattening the curve, what are you observing in the hospitals? Are you seeing a decline anywhere at all? Uh, so, you know, I want to just uh, say that uh, it just it tag into what Bobby said. The uh, Andrew Cuomo gets a lot of credit. He gets credit for not sharing uh, the state data with uh, uh, Mayor de Blasio, and de Blasio usually does not have uh, enough information to work with because the state um, is not providing their data to him in time. Uh, the, the, the governor also gets credit for um, not being in sync with the mayor. Uh, the sink, the, the excuse me, the mayor makes an announcement and the the, the governor uh, contradicts him, like you saw yesterday with the school closings. Um, he gets credit for being a long, uh, a loud mouth, uh, for getting in front of cameras every day, and uh, presenting himself uh, as uh, somebody who is taking this coronavirus issues by its own and uh, stopping the spread, so to speak. He gets a lot of uh, credit in, in those terms. He, so I'm not sure you know, where he's heading with all of this because he's um, uh, right now he's uh, you know, begging China to make more masks and uh, ventilators and so forth, which is a country that we were trying to stay away from and not um, we had you know, trade issues and so forth with. So he's handing over, you know, more of um, work uh, and uh, manufacturing to China. So he gets okay. a lot of credit for this. So okay. with mm -hmm. um, the, the, yeah, um, you said you were saying. I'll let you finish. You were saying in regards to flattening the curve. Um, yes. I think yeah. I think he, um, you know, does not get credit uh, mm -hmm. for flattening the curve because. Uh, something, you know, definitely went wrong in New York for it to eclipse as the, uh, the, the, the lone state that stands alone as uh, having the most number of cases. Wow. Uh, there's something obviously going wrong there. So Okay. Okay. Um, thank, thank you. Um, Brian Parker, I, I, I don't know if I'm able to disseminate there what, um, what Mr. Daniel was saying because he's saying – that Cuomo should get credit, but he feels um, in his belief that something went wrong in New York. Um, mm -hmm. Is it fair to say 
that New York did something incorrectly because the numbers started to increase there first or became higher there. Is that a fair statement to make? No, hell no. I mean, we knew New York was going to be one of those places that um, was going to be affected heavily because we're um, kind of the crossroads. Right, Brian, you're fading a little bit, a little closer to the mic because New York is the crossroads of the world. Can you hear me now? I'm yes, sorry. I can. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, I mean, with all the travel that we take in uh, internationally and everything, uh, we we get travelers from Europe, China, all over the world. Of course, we we were going to get hit hard. What I find interesting, though, is is that, um, and, and you know, you can talk about Cuomo and De Blasio's relationship, and quite honestly, that didn't start with the coronavirus. They've kind of been at odds and having their pissing matches for years. Um, that's well documented. And I will agree with that, that they constantly do. Cuomo normally makes de Blasio look like his little bitch. Um, but <laughs> And for our listeners, Cuomo is the governor of New York State and Mayor de Blasio is the mayor of New York City. Go ahead. Brian. Right. And, 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 and it's funny. Everybody hates de Blasio until they don't hate de Blasio. But um, anyway... If, if I had to really say, does he deserve any kind of uh, credit? Yes, he does. Oh, from the Really from the standpoint that when we looked for uh, national leadership, um, our uh, commander in chief basically told us that this is a state by state issue and the governors need to take control. So now you see a governor actually taking the control, uh, giving factual data every single day. Yes, he. I, I would agree he probably does like the camera because I see him every single day. News outlets will cut into his conferences. They don't cut into the other 50, uh, I mean, 49 uh, governors like they do to Cuomo. Um, but Cuomo has received a lot of national attention from it. So, okay. so is, it benefiting, Cuomo, is it benefiting him? Yeah. Okay. So Cuomo's profile is much higher. You, you spoke of some of the animosity between Governor Cuomo and the uh, Mayor de Blasio, um, mm-hmm. New York City versus New York State. These mm-hmm. are two Democratic um, leaders here. Um, and as a Democrat, is this a representative of typically what brings down the Democratic Party? Sometimes, yes. Um, because what will happen is with de Blasio and, and, and Cuomo, a lot of it is stuff like the MTA where they fight for who can who should control most of it, who should pay for most of it. And, and things like that. So a lot of their squabbles are these in the trenches kind of things. What kills Democrats a lot of times is, is that we end up fighting over these little petty things and Republicans will just sit there and say, you know what, we don't need to worry about that. We're going to get together, be a stronger front. And that's why they normally end up pulverizing the hell out of us. Wow. OK, so let's 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 just jump jump here for a second. Um, I'm going to go ahead and move the question over to Bobby. Mr. Bobby. Uh, who do we think is really taking the lead in all of this? Who's the key player? Who are the key players? It's obviously the governor. Okay. You're saying the governor is key, and what action do you feel that he's taken that has made him a primary player? Well, I think once the once the problem was uh, known, and, and one of the things that I have a problem with 
with Governor Cuomo is that as early as I believe the first week of March, he was telling people to go out and, you know, live your life and, and you know, it's OK to be outside, go eat in the restaurants and all that. And that kind of contradicts, you know, the message of the seriousness of this this disease, this virus. Uh, he was contradicting the own his own, uh, you know, hunker down and, and shelter message. Ooh. Okay, but this is what the left says about Trump. The left is making this same claim about Trump that Trump didn't take this as seriously. Um, and and they'll make that claim uh, probably until uh, the election is over. Uh, a lot of it, I believe, is is uh, just Trump hatred talking points. If Trump didn't do anything, then why did he order on? I believe it was January thirty first. Uh, the end of uh, all airline travel from China, where the virus originated from. And he did this. Wow. And he did this Good 10 thing. days after okay. the first case of the virus was uh, found in the United States. Okay. Uh, I'm going to jump over to Sam here for a second. Sam, you um, have been here in the United States since what, what day? <clears throat> since February. Since February. The beginning of February? Uh, no, the end. The end of February. Okay. So we only had you since March. Um, my understanding, Sam, when you came into the continental U.S., as you said, having come from China yourself, you said, I don't understand why everyone is not wearing masks. What I'm hearing from Bobby is that the case on a state level was not maybe taken as seriously. Uh, what many people on the left are saying is that on a national level, we were led to believe that it wasn't as serious, that it was sort of an isolated issue. I'd like to refer back to your original statement. I don't understand why people are not wearing masks. When you first came into the continent of the United States, explain to me your thought process. <clears throat> My thought process um, I knew that I was going to be checked by CDC when I was um, in the airport, and I knew that okay, I would. Have which to is, 14, I knew that I would have to do fourteen days self quarantine. Um, I didn't know that I was going to come back to seeing so many people who were um, somewhat uninterested or seemingly uninterested in protecting themselves. I didn't know I was going to come back. Are you referring to New York or New York and Connecticut? Well, I, I arrived in New York, so I was thinking about New York at that time. Okay. But now you're in Connecticut. Now I'm in Connecticut. And, I mean, I'll give you a good example. Um, roughly, roughly two weeks ago, uh, here in Connecticut, I went over to health food store. I was wearing my mask. And the owner of the health food store, I was the only one in the health food store with a mask on. And the owner of the health food store approached me and asked me uh, why I was wearing the mask. And then he said, do I have the flu? And I said, no. And he said, well, it's a little unnerving and it's, and it's scaring the customers. Um, so are you wearing it for protection? I said, I'm protecting myself from you. Wow. And then uh, I went into the same store. I, I went into the same store. Um, three days ago, and everyone's wearing the mask. 
I was looking for the owner so I could tell him, looks like I started the trend. No, you should have said, what are y'all afraid of? <laughs> well, that too, right? I'm sorry. I'm trying to, I'm trying to process on this. So you're saying that you, um, in, in, in coming from an international flight, and from yep. what I understand, you flew from China to Taiwan to North America. Correct. You said in your, in your first arrival, no one seemed to take what you understood to be a pandemic that seriously. But you went from New York State to Connecticut, and you were approached as if you were uh, making everyone else uncomfortable because you were protecting yourself. Correct. Mm-hmm. Sounds like code. Wow. Okay. I started protecting um, myself early as well. Okay. So, Nyurka, you started to add, um, what is... I, I don't know, Nyerka, if you've had anyone who's come from another country recently or if you have traveled recently, but have you witnessed any type of behavior similar to this where people, depending on where they come from, seem to view this as less of a risk? Well, I, I've traveled to Japan. Um, I traveled to Japan right after the, the um Swine flu, I forgot. Uh, the, the pig flu, what, correct me on the name. Swine flu. Swine, swine flu, yes. Flu, right? Right after, right after the swine flu, I flew to Japan. And most of the people who boarded that flight, especially Asian, were, were using the masks. Um, this time, um, in January, the report was coming in from Japan, I mean, from China, through not the mainstream media, but through the investigative reporters that I listen to. I, I don't listen to mainstream media. And they were saying how, how serious this situation was. And this okay. was back before, before um, Trump closed the airport, which he closed it on January 21st. I remember very clear, January 20th, uh, more or less. And I was already wearing my mask one week prior, my daughter and I, and we were riding on the train. And a lot of people will look at us strange as well. Okay, so let, let me make sure that I understand you correctly because I'm hearing some discrepancies. Bobby and Nyerka say that Trump closed the airports to Chinese passengers as late as the fourth week in January. Bobby, am I correct to understand that's basically what you alluded to? Yes, I believe it was on January 31st. Okay. Okay. And and Yurika says that the information that she has ties in with the same. Interestingly enough, Sam is saying that he came into the country at the end of February. He traveled from China to Taiwan to the United States. So did we close the borders? Did we close our airports to China? To any Chinese travel? Did we close the borders to just Chinese citizens coming into the U.S.? Uh, now, let, let's let's note that Sam is a U.S. citizen. Uh, Sam did reside in China for uh, over 20 years, if I'm not mistaken. And please correct me, Sam, if I'm wrong. Uh, should we have closed the borders outright to anyone coming from China? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let I'm gonna let uh, Mr. Daniel take this one. Should we have closed the airports from a medical point of view to anyone coming from China? 
Um, so th that was a good decision that was made. Um, and, um, you know, but there could have been other things that uh, could have been done at a state level that um, would have also made a difference. And what would you have suggested? Uh, you know, such as, uh, you know, the things that they're doing right now, which is uh, any passenger who comes in through any of the gateways. I think there's 13 gateways in the uh, international gateways in the United States. Uh, they ask questions like, have you been, you know, to these countries? Have you uh, have you had a cough, at, you know, high temperature, all of those things? Um, and uh, they also have um, passageways by which they make um, passengers walk through where they actually uh, checking their temperature by thermal, you know, whatever uh, process that they have. So the passengers don't really get to know that somebody is, you know, checking the temperature. Um, but, you know, I came in um, uh, back, um, you know, a uh, little after Sam. Uh, you came in from where? I came in from India through Doha, Doha, Qatar. Okay. And I was I had to stay in Doha, Qatar for a few days, and then I came back. Um, and when I uh, went to when I approached my gate, uh, which is gate number twenty, they asked uh, you know about myself and maybe twenty other passengers uh, that I cannot directly approach you know the, the, that particular gate, gate number twenty. They asked me to ask me and others, so twenty of us approximately, to go further. Uh, up to gate 27, 27 and um, walked from there. And we had a, a passageway to walk through um, by which we later learned that, you know, they were checking our temperatures without us knowing. It. Right. The, you know, there's many things being advocated uh, presently um, that, um, you know, possibly could have been done earlier. Um, and um, so, I mean, uh, of course, um, you know, I also don't, um, you know, pass the state governors. I don't let them off the hook little that easy. I also, um, instead of them complaining all the time that the president should be doing more and so forth, you know, eventually it falls down to the, the governors. And so um, I, I think that they need to take credit or discredit for what happens in their state. I, you know, Brian, Brian Parker, you made a very good point on another program and you said, uh, and, 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 and Bobby has said it as well, that the virus doesn't know any boundaries and what affects one state may affect another state. Mm -hmm. Most of my, our panel today are right-leaning people. Why is no one saying that this is a national emergency and that the national jurisdiction oversee all these governors why why are we bidding on medical supplies why are we saying okay well we need the supreme court to make a decision here no no that's okay let's knock it back to the lower courts and and, and then if they don't agree then you can apply for an appeal Brian, why is it that we're using this approach well and uh, you know I, I hate to say it this way but no actually i don't um you know right wing for the longest is all about small and limited government. Understood. They're all about they're all about states' rights. So at the very core of their ideology, when they approach a lot of things, it's always about, okay, we don't want big government in your business until we want to control abortion. Well, 
we don't want big government, you know, in your business, you know, until we're talking about taxes, the rich. Um, we don't want big government in your business, so we're going to take it down to the states. Now, what Dr. Daniel said would be true, but when you have 50 different governors bidding on things, driving the price up, then, then the federal government comes in and they start bidding. And now the states can't get what they need because they're being either outbid from the government or these suppliers are canceling their orders with the states and filling Jared Kushner's stockpiles. What are the governors supposed to do? Wow. You make some very good points here. Um, you, you know, Marky, can, I, can I give a counter please, to that? Please go ahead. Okay, and I'll, I'll keep it short. No, um, it seems like you know the governors find it convenient to point fingers. The question really is, what have these uh, governors, mostly in these uh, democratic states, what have these governors being do, do doing on their own, um, other than uh, you know following the directions of the federal government or the president in this case? You know, I can't th think of anything that Cuomo or some of these other governors have done on their own to uh, even think of um, a pandemic like this that may be coming in the future. And even when it did come, you know, they are all looking for the same type of things. They are, you know, trying to, um, uh, they're fighting for purchasing masks, asking the federal government for masks and ventilators and so forth, there has to be some creative thinking. Okay? So, 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 the, so, the, so the, Javits, have, the Javits Center came as a result of Cuomo's administration reaching out to Trump. The comfort being uh, out in the Hudson came as a result of Cuomo reaching out to Trump. That Trump didn't offer the comfort. Trump didn't af offer to put extra rooms at the Javits. Trump didn't offer to put extra beds at the uh, U.S. Tennis Association that came no, from Governor Cuomo. It came from Trump. Well, fantastic. But yesterday I heard that it was the federal government that arranged for this, the Jarvis Center, the the naval ship, and all of those things. So, but it was led by the governor. I while well, I hear what you're saying, uh, what I heard is different. But regardless, you know, um, I only hear of a New York governor going online, I mean, on, on cameras every single day and saying the federal government is not doing enough. Hmm. The question really also has to be asked, what are you doing or what have you been doing, you know, to, I guess, mitigate some of these issues? You should have been thinking of this long time ago. Okay. Regardless, of, regardless of whatever, I will still say New York is number 27 in the United States when it comes to land size. Number four, when it comes to population, you have to take credit for what goes in your state instead of passing the buck. And Democrats have been known all along to do that. I'm going to ask a, an important question here. And, I want, everybody, and, I, and I want everybody to stand back for a second. And I want you to really think about what I'm going to ask you. You're in a college, a middle school or an elementary school and a shooter comes in with a gun, and the gunman or woman begins shooting at random. Bullets are flying and bodies are falling. Depending on where they are in the building, a consensus needs to happen. I would think that 
there is an active shooter and we need to protect lives. When there is an active shooter, who is responsible? Is it the teacher where the shooter is that is responsible? Is it, is it the dean that's responsible? The principal that, that's responsible? Is it the school body? I want you all to really think about this and think about how you're going to respond to this question. Nirka, I'd like you to take this one first, being a parent. Because the similarities are very similar here. You don't know where the bullet is going to hit and you don't know where the bodies are going to fall. And so right now we're saying, if we use the argument, the school should have been more prepared for the shooter, then we need to give this some thought. Nirka, well, go ahead and take that. that's a hard one for me. <laughs> uh, it is very hard, hard especially very hard. for me, because, you know, I'm, I am a parent who homeschools. There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of situations within the school system that I am not um, keen with. Um, but yes, but I, from, from the past um, shooters that uh, has occurred, there has also, also been evidence that these children always give some type of sign before they do their actions. So I don't understand why those things are not taken, were never taken serious. That's all I can say about that. And that responsibility would fall on the parent? Would that if, responsibility fall on a parent, the school, the, the classroom, I, I believe all it, the above? All, everything together, because uh, a lot of parents are in denial on what type of children they have. And uh, they'll, def they'll defend okay. the children so no matter what. Yep. So being aware of the child that you have and then right. also like um, the, the signs that they have given, you know, the, the children not speaking up because of fear is it's just a num it's, it's very complicated, I really feel. Okay, I appreciate you answering the question in that way. Sam, I need you to pick this one up. Who's responsible for the active shooter? I'm using this as an analogy for the COVID virus coming into a school wreaking havoc we're saying that everyone is responsible for their classroom should the school be making an overall announcement to say active shooter on campus everyone hunker down let's send the troops let's send the, the uh, law enforcement let's send the SWAT team or whomever to the classroom who's responsible Sam go ahead your question is an issue of um, preparation, planning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So with that issue, then, then there would be, there would be the need for all of them to, to, to prepare uh, proper planning to, to have a plan in place in the event X, X happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so yes, maybe who would initiate a plan of that sort would be someone in a higher level higher than a classroom right but definitely and who would that be? be the teacher the teacher and the dean you know all these others would then be um incorporated into it okay so you said the teacher and the dean i didn't hear you say the principal though yeah yeah well it comes from a higher level so that would you would should assume that it would be the principal but uh, okay okay it would come from a higher level the principal is not going to actively has a hand on have his hand on everything, yeah? He can delegate. So I don't know what, what right. aspect of higher level that would be, right? 
So what you said was that the principal would delegate. Am I correct to understand that? It's possible. It's possible. The suggestion possible. could come from. A, it's possible because the suggestion could come from a dean. The suggestion could come from a teacher, right? Just as a suggestion. Okay. Yeah. But the planning, the yeah. planning needs to be in place. Yeah. So that that would be they would need proper planning, uh, and 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 however it needs to be done. Again. And yeah, okay. definitely, definitely. But in this, okay. um, so we just, agree. Going, just going backwards, um, I agree with with um, with Daniel what Daniel was saying, and um, and the governors actually, they were warned about everything from the time when Trump shut down the economy, well, uh, shut down the flights from China, um, and at that time everyone was against him, saying it's not. Uh, transmissible. It's not something to worry about. Please continue to go do what you're doing normally. You can continue going out to eat and all this. De Blasio said it, Cuomo said it, everyone said it. So in that time frame, the governor did hold the responsibility because he did know what the president was doing. He had no, he had no intention to follow what the president was doing. Hmm. He, did, he had no intention to make a phone call and say, what is it that you're doing? Instead, they were grabbing the media and they were, t- they were putting it out into the media that this is not important enough. This is not serious enough. It is, is not, uh, this is a President Trump issue. You know, like everything to disgrace the president. But then when everyone fell on hard times, now they're all kicking and screaming and crying to the president. We need, we need, we need. Okay. Yeah. So, but, but, so, and, Bobby, and then lastly, okay. lastly, sorry, lastly, just Please to reply. Yeah. Lastly, to re- respond to you regarding um, the flight from China. What it was, was all the flights from China, direct flights from China to the U.S. were, were canceled, which is why I was able to go into Taiwan and then to come to to the U.S. If, if, okay. a, Chinese, if a Chinese citizen was going into, was aiming to go to the U.S. via Taiwan, then they had special conditions that they had to they were they had requirements that they had to meet and fall under like 14 day quarantine and blah 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 but because i'm a u.s okay. citizen i was able to come in get checked by cdc and continue on sorry for the delay go on okay so you're saying that because you're a u.s citizen and there could have been a chinese american who had been like yourself in in the country for a while they would have been allowed back in which would have bypassed all of those other protocols against someone coming from a Wuhan or something like that am i correct to understand that uh no uh if you are not a national a, a US citizen you would have had to have done a 14 day quarantine but i think that you should get back to the the recent question uh, uh, regarding the government. Okay, allow, but allow me to answer, allow me to ask, allow me to ask, because we're on the question that, that, I'm, that I'm currently referring to. And what you said was, because you are a U.S. citizen, you were able to bypass certain things. You were able to come through because you're a citizen. There was a certain allot, allotment allowed for you. Is that correct? That is correct, but but that bypass okay. only means only means not doing a fourteen day quarantine, but instead doing a Understood. fourteen day instead doing a fourteen day self quarantine. And this rule basically applied okay. to any citizen entering re entering their own country. Right. Okay. So what what that means is that we were relying on the judgment of someone else, uh, hoping or or expecting them to meet yeah. what was requested of them. And we certainly know that people t- take some liberties there. Okay, thank you, Nyoka. Thank you for backing me up on that. 
Um, again, I want to go back to the active shooter. I want to go back to the active shooter because of the fact, and Bobby, I'm going to give the question toward you. There's an active shooter in the school. Should I be blaming the teachers because there's an active shooter, or should I rely upon the principal um, and whoever else is in charge to delegate where the resources need to go in order to contain the active shooter? I think those decisions need to be made, you know, uh, with uh, the powers that be in charge of the school. And let me give you an example. My niece is going to a middle school. They've got security. All the kids have to go through security. I've, uh, uh, when she was in junior high, she'd forget this, she'd forget that. She left her musical instrument at home. I would get the call to drop it off. They wanted to know who I was before I could get in. Uh, it, it, just amazing. Security is important, but the, I think the hard thing to understand is that we can't, you, you can't be prepared for every terrorist contingency or, or shooter contingency in the world. There's just, there's too many doors to watch, too many doors to guard, too many people to guard, so on and so forth. One of the, one of the uh, things that okay. does come up in the conversation often is, have someone in the school that is a licensed, uh, someone licensed with a firearm to to enable, uh, a, in the event of an armed uh, person coming in, to be able to put that person down. Preparation is what you're saying. One needs to be Absolutely. prepared because anything can It's happen. always about preparation. Okay. So, and Ryan, Can I just add one thing? Quickly, I'm going to lose my battery in another minute or so. Okay. I want to go back to Governor Cuomo's preparation to uh, the N1H1 when he ignored all the task force recommendations. You know, he's in charge of the state and the hospitals, unless it's a VA where the Fed, there's federal government oversight of a veterans hospital. The state is in charge to make sure that the hospitals are are supplied with whatever they need in the event of a, a pandemic like N1H1. Okay. Uh, and okay. and the, Governor Cuomo ignored the recommendations of the task force. I don't know why. And then he's screaming, you know, two months later for respirators. Okay. So we're saying that the governor deserves credit for, for the numbers going down but that he didn't do enough. We, we said the numbers have went down 80%, but then we shifted the conversation to say, there's more that he could have done. Am I correct to understand that? Okay. Uh, forgive me if, it's, if I say so, it sounds a bit conflicting, but hold on. I'm going to go to you, Brian Parker. I'm using the school analogy, and it's a very important analogy to use because I've asked, who is in charge of an extreme circumstance like that? I've had not one person that I've directed this question to from the right say the principal is responsible and the principal must make the decisions to make sure that the resources get allocated a certain way. I've not heard one person say that in its entirety. Brian Parker, is there something that I'm missing here that maybe we need to look at differently from the left? I don't know. Uh, you know, for me, it's a collaboration between the principal and the superintendent because the principal doesn't have all of the uh, 
purse strings when it comes to implementing things. Wow. I think I think it needs to come from the school system because wow. again, an active an active shooter doesn't affect one school. Right. But see, the problem the problem that we have is that we're saying, okay, this one particular school, you do it your way, and this school does it their way. Let's let's move it back. So let's move it back. So what we're saying is, is that with the virus, well, let's do this in New York. Let's do this in Connecticut. Let's do this in Colorado. And let's do this in California. But we said that the virus knows no boundaries. Exactly. The question that I'm asking is, is who is the principal? Who is overseeing the process? And, 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 And what I'm getting is, is that when there's an active shooter, there has to be one point of, of decision-making, one point of contact. Mm-hmm. But not one person here is holding Trump accountable in that regard, not one. Right. And right. so as an independent, I, I'm, I'm having some trouble processing on this. So I'd like someone from the right to add for me what I'm missing. And I'll let anybody speak. What am I missing? I have I silence from Bobby. I can't hear. Sam, go ahead. Sure. Um, in the end, it's true. The The president holds all accountability. That's true. Um, whether whether he's at fault or not, it's true. Um, but his team should be strong enough to pick up where they're supposed to. Again, when the, when he made the when he impressed upon the people that I'm, I'm cutting off the flights from China directly to the U.S., Everyone was against him saying it was no, it was not, it was not necessary. But we all see that it is necessary, but everybody wants to look back and say, well, Trump didn't do enough back then. As Daniel said, the governor should have took responsibility on his own. He should have been thinking about those precautions, but he did not. He joined okay. the fluff. He joined the fluff and he said, This is not anything to worry about. Okay. All right, so, Sam. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump here to my analogy and I'm gonna ask. In the case of an active shooter, do we say to the teacher, because a student got shot, you didn't do enough? Wow. Um, no, you don't say that. And like, no. Um, off your analogy, let's get back to the real. So the governor should have held his responsibility. He should have held his own, took responsibility for his own state. He's like Daniel said, he's going to get credit for all the good things. This, the curve supposedly bending down, whatever. Right. So are you guys going to turn around and say, okay, well, Trump is, he's complicit with that. He also gets credit for the curve going down. Is anybody going to say that? Sure. Sure. I, 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 I don't I don't I don't understand I don't understand why the analogy is being avoided in this instant. In a, in a, you know what? He's the president. So, yeah, if New York, if New York succeeds, he succeeds because he's the president. That's right. That's Yerka, right. It sounds like you want to add something. Yerka. Right. Oh, no, because you, you talked right. about the analogy. I think that when you when you make that analogy, it takes our brain to an active shooter like realistically at least it does to me yes active yes okay good and i'm glad because i want each of you to think of an active shooter an active shooter where you don't know where the bullet is coming from or where the next body is going to fall would we consider covid19 yeah. an active virus Nyarka, would we consider um, that i i i think so yeah yeah because you don't see it and it's, it's just yeah. bound to attack anywhere. 
Okay. Okay. So why, why, um, so if I should hold governors responsible in that case of have, they should be more prepared, why should I not be able to hold a school teacher accountable in the case of an active shooter and say, you should be more prepared. You should have been at your door fast enough to close the door fast enough and to have the desk at your door when you knew that, when you heard the bullets. I, I don't. And I'm acknowledging the silence more. I'm acknowledging the silence here. I, I think it, the silence is um, good. Well, oh, my, go my conclusion is from working in the school system is that they don't give the teachers all the power that they should yeah. have. Because, um, oh, oh, okay, okay. So maybe the states don't have all the power that they should have. Right, right. Because there's, there's, as a teacher, there are certain things that teachers are not supposed to report on, are not even supposed to talk about. And that oh. it happened to me personally. And I went to the booth store where I went to um, set up my daughter's phone, and there was an uh, another lady working there who was a teacher and because she reported because she was talking too much to the parents um she was an assistant teacher let me clear that up she was an assistant to the teacher and because she was talking too much to the parents the teacher did not like it and it ended up being a disagreement and she ended up being fired okay well let's not move off too too far far off i'm using the analogy of an active shooter to represent a crisis that's taking down human lives at random. We're placing blame on governors of states. Mm-hmm. The way, and, and in, this, in this response, if each classroom were its own state on a campus, whether it be a college campus or a high school campus, we're saying to the teachers, if you need help, ask. That's what we're saying. If you need help, ask. Mm-hmm. But when, the, but when we're already in the process of an active shooter, I think most of us agree that, 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 that decisions have to come from the top. And they have to come from the top very, very quickly. Is there anybody on this panel that disagrees with the assertion that I'm making here? I agree. You agree. Okay. Yeah. My right-leaning sister agrees with me as the independent. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop with the school analogy because I think that the silence that I've heard repeatedly speaks in and of itself. Um, Sam, are we prepared for another crisis? Not yet, but we're better prepared yeah, no. than we were. And when you say a crisis, can you be more specific? And we don't want one, crisis? another one. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. But we do know that if another COVID-19 swine flu or Zika or whatever you want to call it, this, because, you know, in two years, we know that we'll have another one. And in two years after that, we'll have another one. And two years after that, we'll have another one. Um, we, we can set our clocks by now. So are we prepared for another flu type crisis? So you should ask the governor, why is he not prepared if he if he believes like you do, that every two years there's going to be another pandemic type of a crisis or even endemic type of a crisis? Why are they not prepared? It does not come up. That does not need to go through the president of the okay. United States. That needs to go through the governor. Okay. Well, unfortunately, the virus didn't go to New York. The virus didn't go to New York State. The virus came supposedly from China. And right. since I'm dealing with one country, I have to deal with another country. And the person who oversees that country 
is your commander in chief. Yeah, yeah, but again, you're not you're missing the point. The governor, they've known for years that they are not prepared for pandemics. After the uh, H5N1 influenza virus or whatever, after that, they they all knew and they knew that they should be prepared and they did not take the responsibility, take the take the uh, take the the, mm. the reins and make it happen, right? So you okay. cannot blame the you wow. cannot blame the president. You have to blame the governor in this case. I see. So in this case, and again, if I were to talk about the active shooter, then I should be able to blame the teacher. I, I can't blame the principal. I have to blame the teacher because the teacher is in charge of the classroom. Look, I have to be able to blame the teacher. In your mind, I think in your mind and, and what you may have put into our minds through your example that the principal is related, you're relating the principal to, to the president. And I'm and relating a person who is overseeing a group of people, okay, okay. a large quantity of people. That's Great. what I'm relating. Okay, great. Because I think the analogy is very clear. Right, you did, and but the thing is that you're becoming a little confusing because you said uh, you used the example of the principal, and then saying that we were not blaming Trump for anything. So you made the analogy between the principal and and the president, where in fact it should look like yes. the principal should look like the governor because there is a system that he is under, which no. Slim no, just no. You I'm very clear. I'm, I'm very Slim. clear in the comparison. Yeah, I'm yeah. Comparing I'm each room, depending on how many students are in the room. This is why we're having an issue because hmm? your comparison is not really correct, right? You're not doing apples to apples. The superintendent will be like the president, and then the principal will be like the governor. Governor. Oh, right. okay. So, right. so, right. so, what you're saying is, is that, so, so, Brian, you agree with what they're saying. I agree that the president would be more like the superintendent and the principal uh, would be more like the governor. Mm -hmm. Okay, then what would we consider the teachers? The mayors? I, you uh, know something? I, 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 I think you guys, will be the servant. <laughs> okay, I, I, think, I, think we, I think we have to admit here that this is a challenging question to answer. Um, but again, Brian, I'm going to ask you, it, 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 we're, 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 they don't want to give here, but I'm going to ask you, are we prepared for another uh, crisis of this magnitude? No, because we spend more time trying to figure out who's fucking blamed for it. The coronavirus is to blame. <laughs> but and, and, and I'll agree with something that Bobby said earlier, and he's right. You can prepare all you want. doesn't mean that um, it's always going to be successful. The thing okay. is, is that the thing is, is that in a business, and we keep talking about this being a business. There's a, something called a, a SOP, Standard Operating Procedures. Now, some procedures that you have may depend on your department that you're in, but if you're in a big enough company, some of your SOPs actually uh, cover the entire company. So, during certain pandemics or things like that, there are policies that would be in place from a region by region standpoint. But some policies need to be uh, in process from a national perspective. I, Brian, I think that's what that's that. what we have wrapping our hands around. Okay, I'm going to jump. We're, I'm going to jump over. Thank you, Brian. I'm going to jump over to uh, to Mr. Daniel. And Mr. Daniel, I'm going to allow you 30 seconds. That's a hard 30 seconds, and I will cut you off in 30 seconds. Are we prepared for another crisis? Uh, given present uh, situation, what we are seeing right now, I don't think we are. 
prepared for uh, uh, another pandemic or any anything similar. Um, so I would say that um, we have to be concerned about at a larger scale with uh, germ warfare, what China can plan and do against Donald Trump, the coming elections, all kinds. Those are all different concerns. Conspiracy theories exist uh, of many kinds that China is up to this. Um, so I don't think we're prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. That, that, that was powerful. That was very powerful. Um, Nyoka, I can give you 30 seconds. What can we do? I, I definitely agree uh, on that note that there is a lot of conspiracy. I don't think we are ever ready for anything because, you know, the person conspiring is always on the watch to make sure that their, you know, their attack is, is in a way that the person is not prepared. Wow. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Sam, you, you mentioned um, in the way that I'm asking the questions and presenting the analogies, it's confusing. Uh, but wouldn't we say that our whole situation that we're in is a bit confusing? Um, is, it something that, is it something that we can be clear on or are we still getting back to? Mm. I guess it's... Yeah, I guess it's going to fall under confusion, conspiracy, etc. I mean, uh, because we're getting information from multiple sources, and some of them are not even trustworthy. So, yeah, how do you? Wow. You don't. You don't make a point with that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So the right and the left agree that uh, that there's a lot of confusion. Mm -hmm. That we need to tie up the facts. Um, I think in reality, Brian made a very good point uh, earlier, is that there's a lot of blame happening. I'm going to go ahead and thank my guests, uh, Brian Parker, uh, Mr. Daniel, Mr. John Daniel. I'd also like to thank Mr. Samuel Cuchera and Ms. Mirka Encarnacion. Um, you guys have tuned in to Verbal Assault. I don't know who somebody said you there. You guys have tuned in to Verbal Assault live stream. I'm your host, Marquis Devereaux. Uh, we bring you real people discussing real issues in real time. I am um, pleased to have you joining us, whether you're joining us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, please, um, you can join us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Vimeo, YouTube, Snapchat, and TikTok. And if you'd like to actually be on the panel and contribute your point of view, castcrew212 at gmail, C-A-S-T-C-R-E-W, 212 at gmail.com. I thank you so much for tuning in. We look forward to having you next week. We all on the panel ask you, please be vigilant, be safe, and, 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 and if at all possible, please keep your mental health in check. We know that you're going to be dealing with some cabin fever. We're all getting a little stir crazy, but as a whole, as a nation, we can get through this. want to say to you, good luck. And peace be to you. Say peace be upon you. Thank you so much.